This weekend we are celebrating the independence of this nation from the tyrannical reign of Great Britain. I know we don't really think about that necessarily when we think of Independence Day. I like to try and remember to say Independence Day because the 4th of July is just a date on a calendar. But, uh, but even more importantly, we celebrate the nation that was formed as a result of that separation. Many, if not most of the early settlers that uh, came from Europe, uh, they were fleeing religious persecution that was happening throughout Europe. In fact, in the 18th century, 98% of the European settlers were Protestant Christians. Isn't that crazy? 98%. And then there was like 2% Catholic, and, and they said so there was around 2,000 Jews, and then probably a, a few others, but, but they, the, you know, very small fractions of a percent. Um, as they began to feel the same heavy hand of tyranny and persecution invading their new home, brave Christian men rose up and made a decision that would change the world. After many attempts at diplomacy, the leaders of the day stood up and declared independence from the King of England. The founding fathers of this nation desired to create a nation unlike any other. It would be a safe haven where the people being governed would be able to have power over the government and where uh, Christian and moral uh, religious people would be able to worship God um, according to their convictions, not by um, some forced legislation of the king. I thought it might be fitting today uh, to read just a part of the Declaration of Independence as a way to remember our founding and how we've been blessed for 246 years as of tomorrow. Um, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute a new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem the most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That was the foundation, listing the, that, that these rights come from our creator. And so when they, when they say the government is under the people, the people recognize that they are under a creator. Um, as stated, uh, the founders uh, were God-fearing. And all there, there are numerous examples of their faith and their Christian morals that guided them in the way that they shaped our country. Today, there are some that still dispute the roots of the United States as being Christian. They cherry pick different statements out of context and they um, disregard the overwhelming influence that Christianity had on the original settlements and how the Bible was used as a guide for governance, even the governance uh, of the, the, the individual colonies before the declaration was signed. Um, there's a professor uh, named Mark David Hall, and uh, he's, he's an author as well, and he talks about how in the 17th century, 100 to 150 years before the birth of the United States, um, each colony had its own laws and constitutions, such as the Mayflower Compact, 
the fundamental orders of Connecticut and the Massachusetts body of liberties, and all are filled with language that comes from the body, some of, from the Bible, and some of them quote the Bible directly, wholesale, wholesale in the text of their constitutions. There's one, um, if one is to understand the story of the United States of America, it is to have the proper appreciation for the Christian colonial roots. Almost by any measure, colonists of European descent were serious Christians whose constitutions and practices reflect Christianity. Now, the founders uh, saw liberty. Sorry if this is getting a little, I know this is kind of, you know, a history class going on here, but I promise we're, we're getting past it pretty quick here. Um, the founders saw liberty as freedom to do what was morally correct, as illustrated by the United States Supreme Court justice that said, without liberty, law loses its nature and becomes op oppression. Without law, liberty loses its nature and its name and becomes licentiousness. In case you don't know that word, like I didn't really know that word. I, I had a rough idea, but it's, it's contempt for the just restraints of law, contempt for morality and contempt for decorum. Um, George Washington made a similar statement saying that we need to discriminate between a spirit of liberty from that of licentiousness. Washington wrote on another occasion to guard against um, listless, um, listlessness for the preservation of natural and unalienable rights, for no mound of parchment can be so formed as to stand against the sweeping torrent of boundless ambition on the one hand, and aided by the, the sapping current of corrupt morals on the other. John Adams said that our country, our constitution, was made for a moral and religious people and is unfit for the governance of any other. Um, so the common view of liberty today is a little different than that, it seems. Um, it seems like the, the view today is that you should be able to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm anybody else. Um, it, and it's that, um, but they seem to overlook that that, that view of liberty um, does not uh, does not look at like the, their view of what harm is is a little short sighted, and so um, they don't recognize that that taking liberty to do whatever you want also leads you into moral decay, leads you into sin. Um, they don't understand the, the bondage that sin has and how it takes you slave. So the, the founders viewed a much different uh, view of liberty that did not include contempt for, like, like, um, for morality. Um, liberty is the freedom to do what is right. Law without liberty is tyranny. Liberty without law is licentiousness. Um, Today, with the backdrop of Independence Day, we're going to take a look at freedom and liberty that we have in Jesus. So we're going to move past the, the national view of liberty and freedom. Um, we have a, a greater freedom, uh, a freedom that, that people can actually have within a country that doesn't have the freedoms and opportunities that we have in this country. Um, freedom in Christ is available to everyone, everywhere. Um, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, is liberty. Or freedom is sometimes used as well. 
So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we change into his glorious image. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to celebrate today and thank you for this country where we are able to meet together freely. We we're able to worship you. We thank you for the founding fathers and, uh, and their desire to um, create a nation that would give opportunity for people to worship you um, in freedom and in truth, Lord. Um, Lord, we thank you that you on the cross died to give us a way to have freedom for our souls, freedom for our spirit, that we could be free from the sin that has entangled us. And um, Lord, I just pray that you would bless me, Lord, as I try to articulate and put together um, what it means to have freedom in you. Lord, we just uh, pray that your Holy Spirit would be present here, that you would touch our hearts and uh, open our minds, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, life is full of opposites, okay? There's black and there's white. Actually, we're gonna, we're gonna do a little game here. So this is gonna take a little crowd participation. I'm gonna say one, you say what the opposite is, all right? So light, dark, dark. hot, oh. hard, Soft. rich, Four. bitter, sweet. sweet, easy, hard. Gordy? <laughs> there you go, all right. Uh, well, they say opposites attract, so I just figured that would be... Uh, anyway, sometimes you can't fully appreciate uh, one side of things unless you've experienced the other. If it were always 90 degrees out, it wouldn't seem hot, it wouldn't seem cold, it would just be normal. Well, to fully appreciate freedom, let's look at the opposite of freedom first. Not quite as much fun. We're going to look at slavery and bondage. In 2 Peter um, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 19, it says, uh, Well, they promise them liberty. Now, this is, referring to, um, this is referring to false teachers. It says, Well, they promise them liberty. They themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome, by, um, sorry, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. A little different translation than mine. Um, mine ends with, uh, for you are a slave to whatever controls you. Okay. Um, so this, <clears throat> this is the freedom, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, this is the freedom of the world. You can do whatever you want. It's not wrong. It's who you are, right? It's who you were born to be. That's, that's what the, the world says is freedom. Can I throw in a little uh, side note? It's a little off track from the freedom. But it's getting kind of weird out there. I don't know if you've noticed. There are a lot of false teachers, some of them inside the church, some of them outside the church. Um, and the stuff they're convincing people of today is getting really crazy. And they've started, they started by convincing people that gay marriage is good. And then, when that seemed to be accepted, men started saying that they were women. And then, when that was accepted, they started making up all new kinds of genders that, uh, it seems like there's a new one every day, I, don't, I, don't, I can't keep up with it. And when that seemed okay, 
Now there's people identifying as animals. Um, it's just, it's getting bizarre. Uh, there's been, for some time, an outcry about recognizing the fact that it's unhealthy to be overweight. Um, and now it's, it's, it's actually glorified as the, being the best version of you. Um, there, there's a, there are consequences to actions, and, and, and this is all uh, like a desire to have freedom beyond consequences, but you, that doesn't exist. Um, this is all sold the same way. The false teachers are promising freedom, but it makes you a slave to sin instead. And sin is never satisfied, and it'll take you farther than you wanted to go. And you see that, how this progression in some of these areas um, just keeps on going and going to places that we would have never expected. Um, the core desire of all humans is to be loved and to be valued and to have community. Uh, in the world, people will go to extremes to stand out and be noticed. They want to have hope of finding that kind of fulfillment. They struggle to obtain it, and they never will. They never will obtain it apart from Christ. Um, in Christ, we are free to enjoy all of these things, as well as the identity that matters the most, that we are a child of the Creator, the Creator of the universe. Uh, I know um, you may not have personally um, experienced some of these strange new trends, but sadly to say, we're not isolated from this. This, is, uh, this isn't just a small group of people in San Francisco. Uh, this is spread into our communities, into our schools, and it, it's especially, um, and very sadly, uh, affecting largely our, our young people, our youth that are more impressionable. And so, we as a church need to be prepared uh, to be unshockable and to be full of grace and love as we run into people who are, have been pulled into these sorts of lies. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit that we can have wisdom in how we approach people who are stuck in this so that we can um, know the right words to say to help bring them to freedom. Um, as Second Timothy 2 uh, verses 24 through 26 teaches us, um, as a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but, he, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the whole, know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. We have to walk a fine line as uh, Christians. We're called to be peacemakers, but we're also called to be standard bearers. And so um, as we walk walk in our role as ambassadors of Christ. We have to find that way of being um, standard bearers that are gentle and loving in the way that we handle um, these opposite uh, views of what, what is right and, and what leads, what, what true freedom is. All right. So outside of Christ, you are not free. John 8, 31 through 36 says... Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Then they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants 
and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. That's everyone. Everyone has been a slave to sin at, at some point in their lifetime. Um, second Peter, no, I went the wrong direction. Sorry about this. I have my, uh, just quick, do one of these numbers and I think I'll be better off. <laughs> All right. Uh, they replied, we have never been enslaved to anyone. They've, they didn't recognize it. Um, they didn't realize the slavery that they were in. I have to believe that that is a true situation for people all over the world. They are slaves to their own sinful whims, and because they haven't experienced freedom, the freedom that Jesus offers, they don't even recognize what they're missing out on. They don't even recognize that, that there's, there's another side, that, they're, that they don't even recognize that what, what they're experiencing is slavery, it is bondage. Second Corinthians says that their hearts and minds were hardened and a veil was over their mind and that that can only be removed by believing in Christ. So what is freedom then? We know that that bondage and slavery is inherent in this world from sin, that, that sin entered the world and uh, and it it corrupted everyone. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we know that there's freedom in Christ. What is freedom? Just a dictionary definition, and, and there was a lot of definitions. I just, I narrowed it down to three. Um, it says, the condition of being free of restraints, especially the ability to act without control or interference by another or by circumstance. Uh, number two, the condition of not being subject to a tyrannical or oppressive power, like civil liberty. And the third one, um, the condition of not being bound by established conventions or rules. And so I've, I found that one kind of humorous because they gave an, an example um, after it. And I'm not, an, I'm not a real artist type person, um, but they talked about how uh, the, the, the example sentence was something about how a new style of art allowed the painter to uh, have more freedom. And so, and it just, it reminded me, I don't know if you guys uh, heard this story of a, a Back in 2019, there was a person who took a banana and duct taped it to a wall, and in, in some big art gallery. This was this was art, and uh, <laughs> it sold for $120,000 <laughs> twice. And then a third time, they they redid it and they sold it for $150,000. Um, I, I don't get it. To me, you know, I, I've seen some pictures that are kind of this. Um, uh, art without rules kind of thing and and I just I don't I don't see it but that's it's it's me but uh, in case you're wondering um, they didn't actually get the banana I know you're all thinking that the banana is just gonna rot and you know maybe you're not thinking that but but anyways <laughs> they, they didn't get the banana or the duct tape they just got a, uh, a certificate and then a 14 page instructions on how to tape a banana to a wall so <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So that is that's a kind of freedom without bounds. You know, that's a kind of freedom that. Um, well, in one regards, I mean, obviously you leave a banana taped to the wall for too long. It's not going to be pretty after a while. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that a duct tape banana is pretty to begin with, but it, it's going to get worse. It's, it's, uh, it's going to rot. It's going to smell. And, um, and that's not the kind of freedom uh, that, that we're looking for. Um, so there are some that believe that we should have the kind of freedom that means no rules, no absolutes on what is morally right or wrong, but that unconstrained freedom, that kind of unconstrained freedom leads to destructive behavior. It leads to the sin that enslaves us. True freedom comes from voluntary surrender and submission to God. We are not free until we surrender to the will of God, the plan of God, and the way of God. The founders of this country knew this very well. When they freed themselves from the king of England, they understood that they were still under the authority of the king of kings. Um, I have a couple quotes that will show this, and I know uh, these are not scripture, but these are a testimony of how God uses people who found their freedom in Christ in submission to God, and they were confident in their identity in him, and they found fulfillment in the purpose and plan that they had for for them. Um, so Samuel Adams, I, I find these very inspirational, um, and it's just uh, it's exciting to to see those these sorts of thoughts from the people who who uh, initiated our government. Um, the Samuel Adams was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. He said, "I can not. I can conceive. We cannot. Sorry, I'm gonna start over. I conceive we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating the supreme ruler of the world. That is, that the confusions that are um, that the confusions that are and have been among the nations may be overruled by the promoting and speedily bringing in of the holy and happy period where the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be established everywhere and the people willingly bow to the scepter of him who is the Prince of Peace. Gunning Bedford, who is another signer of the Declaration, says, To the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be ascribed all honor and dominion forever. Amen. Recognizing the dominion of God. Um, Elias Boudinot, who is one of the framers of the Bill of Rights, said, Let us enter on this important business under the idea that we are Christians on whom the eyes of the world are now turned. Let us earnestly call and beseech him, for Christ's sake, to preside in our councils. We can only depend on the all-powerful influence of the Spirit of God, whose divine aid and assistance it becomes us, as Christian people, most, doubtly, most devoutly to implore. Therefore, I move that some minister of the gospel be requested to attend this Congress every morning in order to open the meeting with prayer. Uh, isn't that awesome? Just ex very, uh, I don't know, thankful for the examples of these men. Um, and, and if we could remember them <laughs> in years going forward, the, the de devotion um, to putting God above 
their own ideas, recognizing their, their need for wisdom above their own wisdom. Um, they understood that freedom is best experienced in obedience to the supreme ruler of the world. Romans 6, 17 through 18 says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So how is it freedom if it says that we have become slaves, right? It says that uh, we're slaves to obedience to God, to slaves to right living. Uh, I have a, an example in mind. Um, imagine an Olympic figure skater. Now, man, bear with me. I had a more manly analogy in mind as well that had to do with uh, a snowmobile driving the wrong way on a freeway. Um, but this one seemed less ridiculous. So, <laughs> so anyway, imagine a figure skater uh, moving with ease across the ice, spinning and gliding around the rink, and well, and with a smile on their face, they land a triple something, whatever. <laughs> Lutz is maybe one of them. I don't know. Sow cow. <laughs> So, but, but I mean, you can imagine this. I mean, I've, I've, you've all seen it. You know, it's, it's very graceful. It seems somewhat effortless the way they, they move. Um, okay, so now imagine that same skater in an empty parking lot in the middle of the summer, or even a full parking lot for that matter. Um, they can't do what they were meant to do. Right? They, they can't accomplish it. Um, if, if they, when they go outside the limits of the skating rink, um, their skates weren't designed to work there. Um, being free to go wherever you, wherever you want in ice skates doesn't really give you freedom. There's no joy in walking around a parking lot in ice skates. Uh, at least I can't imagine any. Um, the freedom uh, that they, freedom is found when they are within the bounds of the person who designed the skates, right? The person who designed the figure skating uh, event. Like there, there was an idea of how that was supposed to work. There was, there was a plan. And when you are within that plan, you have freedom to do all these amazing things. Like I said, the, the smile on their face when they complete one of these fantastic moves or whatever, um, they can't do that anywhere else. They're not free to become what they were, uh, what they trained to be, what they were meant to do. Um, today, in true rebellion of God's design, people are questioning why they can't ice skate in the parking lot. Um, and God is saying, that's not where you're going to find the freedom to do what you were created to do. That's not where you're going to be who you were created to be. Romans 6.20 says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do what when you, when, you were, uh, sorry. when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, the things that end in eternal doom. 
But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. Freedom in Christ is freedom from the power of sin that kept you in a perpetual cycle of doing evil. Those desires of the flesh that you cannot break, Jesus breaks those chains. As we sung today about how Jesus broke the chains that that held us captive. Not only does Jesus give us the freedom to walk away from sin, but he takes away the penalty for the sins that we've committed. Galatians 3, um, verse 10, says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law and do them, and to do them. Um, and then uh, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. If I could have the worship team come. When we were under the law, the law pointed to freedom. It painted lines on the road of where we were supposed to go. Lines of where we're supposed to stay in it. It painted the walls of the rink. Um, it was the path that allowed us to experience life, that we, the life that we were designed for, but we lacked the power of the cross that made it able for us to follow it. But that's not us, right? That's not us anymore. How many here have experienced freedom in Christ? Amen? Um, well then, we can live the life that God has designed for us to live. You have liberty in Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, we are free. We have the power to be free from sin. We don't have to keep on sinning. We have the freedom that if we do sin, we don't have to live under the curse that's been covered for us. God has given us liberty in Jesus. So freedom is from, um, liberty is what we are free to do. Um, 2 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 17 and 18, and we already looked at this earlier. This is now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the spirit of the Lord. So there is liberty in the spirit of the Lord. So it talks about in verse 18 how we're being changed into his glorious image, right? So that is our freedom. Our freedom is that we don't have to, I'm afraid I'm going to go off my notes and end up uh, saying something I'm going to say again, so forgive me if I do. But uh, he's given us freedom so that we don't have to keep on doing the things that, um, that we would be ashamed of. The things that would make us feel um, where we wouldn't, we wouldn't feel like we have acceptance. We wouldn't feel like we are okay. Um, we wouldn't feel um, like we're fulfilling the purposes, any sort of purpose in life. I, I think there's a lot of people looking for purpose. Um, so when we find freedom, we have freedom to walk down the path of the fruits of the Spirit. 
um, the Lord wants to change us, right? And so the, one of the ways that he changes us is by producing, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these, against these things. I was, I thought that was interesting when I, I first noticed that it's kind of been ringing in my head for a while now. Um, I've always focused on the, the fruits of the spirit and kind of stopped at self-control, just memorizing the, the fruits of the spirit. But I thought, what a weird statement to say, a, there's no law against these, you know? But that's where we find peace. That's where we find joy is walking in the path that God created for us. And that's the path. At the end of the day, when you look back and you say, hey, I didn't, you know, I wasn't filled with jealousy. I wasn't filled with anger. I wasn't filled with perversion or coarse, coarse joking, you know. Those are, those are things that we are, are freed from. But then at the, you know, we don't have to feel guilty because we did those things. But now at the end of the day, we can look back and say, you know, I saw joy in my life. I was able to promote peace. I was able to, um, to, to have self-control. I was able to show gentleness and have patience in the time where I was frustrated. Um, in the end of the day, we can look back and see the freedom in that because there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's nothing that's that's weighing us down because we lived within the framework that God laid out for us to live within. We have liberty in Christ to walk away from death. We have liberty to walk towards life. The things we used to do that we were ashamed of, um, we are now transformed into a life that leads to joy. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, we can lose our freedom too. It's still there. It's just we don't take advantage of it. You know, we can kind of forget about it. And, um, and we can kind of walk backwards a little bit. It's always available to us. But in Galatians 5, verse 1 and 2, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive, uh, I don't think we need, but if we receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. But we don't need, we don't want to walk backwards. It says we need to keep standing firm. Keep standing firm in the freedom that we've given we've been given. Um, there's a, a song that came to mind uh, that most of you, I'm sure, have heard. It's a very old hymn, Come Thou Fount. It says, Oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Um, we need to recognize that we do have, uh, that there's a, our heart has a tendency to wander. There's a, our heart can be pulled astray. There are things in this world that can distract us from the path that the Holy Spirit has painted of right living, okay? And so, 
we need to be aware of that and we need to stand, right? Stand firm. And so how do we stand firm? How do we maintain our freedom? The cross, the Holy Spirit, and the law all work together so that we can live in the skating rink that God designed for us, okay? So the cross sets us free from sin, okay? It doesn't have power over us. We can walk away from it. The law, the Bible, when we hide it in our heart, reminds us of what sin is, okay? So that we know where the bounds are. We know what the rink looks like. We know that, that this is where I should go. So now I'm not being restrained by the power of sin to walk that direction. I know what it consists of, and then the Holy Spirit empowers us to stay there. Um, and, and it really is, uh, this last uh, couple weeks ago, um, or, or over the last couple weeks, I should say, there's a verse in, in particular that I was talking to Gordy about has kind of been on my mind. Um, and I had shared it with some kids at camp and it was, I was sharing it for their benefit, you know, <laughs> but, but the Holy Spirit has been bringing it back to my mind for my benefit. And so it just talks about how, as James 1.26 says, uh, you call yourself religious, but if you don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. I don't know about you, but there are some times, especially at my job, where, where somebody does something and, and I might want to say something that isn't, uh, I don't know, I get confrontational. I get maybe argumentative, like I know that my way is right and they, they think their way is right. And so sometimes you maybe don't approach that in the gentleness that, that we're talking about, that the Holy Spirit will give us gentleness. So um, for the most part, you know, uh, I, I bite my tongue and I, and, I, and I have control, but there are times. And, 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 and as I have this verse in my head, I reckon, recognize there's more times than I thought. You know, just subtle little things that's like, oh, Doug, you gotta control your tongue. Doug, you gotta control your tongue. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit working in conjunction with the law that allows us, and, and by the power of the cross, because if I didn't have the cross, I wouldn't have the Holy Spirit in me to give me the power to be able to obey the law. And so they all work together that we can walk in freedom. And uh, so there's, there's two other little things, or, or major things, uh, that, that you can do uh, that will help you maintain your freedom. Uh, one of those things is sometimes we find a sin that has a little bit more of a grip on us and we have a hard time letting go of it. And in those times, the Bible instructs us. In James 5:16, it says, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so um, I urge you, I, I've experienced this in my own life, the power that that, that has when you um, go to your brother and sister in Christ, go to somebody that you can be vulnerable with. And if you don't have somebody like that, try to nurture that kind of relationship because it's it's so pivotal. It, you know, the Bible talks about how how can um, how two are better than one. If one falls, how will he get up again? You need somebody else that can walk with you. 
Um, but, uh, but to be able to confess your sins to each other, um, it brings healing. Just um, taking it out of the shadows, um, taking the power of secrecy away from that thing, having somebody who's going to pray for you. Um, we believe that, that there's power in prayer. The Bible says that a right, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Like, if you're struggling with sin, who wants, who wants that? You want something that's going to be powerful and effective. And so, um, confession uh, is, is a great way to be able to maintain that freedom from sin. And then, um, we, already, we already looked at this verse, but 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24, um, it says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, um, but be kind to all, able to teach patient when wrong, and with gentle correcting, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. And so um, this is for us. So, th- so on the one hand, you know, uh, confession is something that you, you need to decide to do for yourself. But what we can do for others is be willing to, to take the step and maybe feel uncomfortable but gentle correction to somebody that you see that might be skating outside of the rink, you know, it's, they're just going to trip, <laughs> you know, you, you can't glide on concrete. Um, so uh, those are just some, some things to help, uh, help maintain your freedom. And what do we do with our freedom once we have it? Uh, we enjoy it. Right? <laughs> I mean, enjoy it. Our freedom is a gift from God and it's found in a close relationship to God. Enjoy your freedom in Christ. Um, enjoying it is to enjoy God, it's to delight in the peace and love that He undeservingly allows us to experience. Because He loved us so much that He sent His Son to die for us and create a way for us to have freedom. So we have freedom to just. Enjoy. We don't have to. We don't have to live in guilt anymore. We don't have to live in shame anymore. We 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 have a clear path on where we can be who our Creator designed us to be and have the freedom to do all the things that He designed us to do. So enjoy it. Um, he says that His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Okay. So when you look at these things that He's asking us for, it's what He created us to be. It's not hard. Like. If we, if we lean on him, he said he'll walk with us. He'll be our strength. Um, he carries the weight of it, and his Holy Spirit is the power that causes us to change. So he's the one who does it for us. So in closing, um, John, First uh, John 5.3 says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love um, we know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burden, burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Um, as I was preparing, I felt like this was a word of God for us. So I just want to share this with you. I felt that God was saying, children of the living God, 
when you are called, when you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from your own selfish desires, the passions that lead to destruction, the entanglements of sin that, are leave, that leave you feeling hopeless and alone, tied to the things of this world that hold you bondage. It is my desire that you would lay it all down, that you would count it all worthless, that you might experience the freedom that I offer. My burden is not heavy. Latch on to the eternal, run hard after me. My ways bring lightness, for I am with you and give you the strength. I promise in my word that I will not give you more than you can bear. Uh, earlier, I mentioned that those who do not have, ex that have not experienced the freedom in Jesus, um, they don't recognize the freedom that they're missing out on. We have a tendency sometimes too to forget that we are free and we get tied up and weighed down by things that God does not intend for us to carry. Let us be reminded today that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. So go enjoy the freedom in Christ that he has purchased for you. May you experience it in such a powerful way that the world around you can't help but take notice. I've been born again, my heart is free. The hope of heaven before me, the grave is behind. Let us rejoice that we were born again, that we are free. Sin is behind, heaven is ahead. Like I said, let's go and experience God in such a powerful way that the world can't help but notice that we are experiencing freedom that is outside of what the world has to offer. Amen. Amen. Happy Independence Day.